Coming at you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Float, Odyssey, Telegram, Twitch, and sometimes the Prepper Broadcast Network. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. I am Toolman Tim, and today is September 10th, 2022. This is episode 167 of the Workshop Podcast. So tonight, as you can imagine, we're going to have the fourth rendition of our post-apocalyptic book club. Real quick, I'll get the announcements out of the way, and then we'll introduce my one guest so far, <laughs> compatriot, and we got a couple more possibly coming on. Okay, two announcements. This is it. Prepper Camp, if you want to go, you need to buy your tickets by midnight Eastern time. So that gives you, at the time of us going live, three hours. No tickets at the door. So if you're thinking about it, piss or get off the pot because it is what it is. I would love to see you there. But like I said, midnight tonight, tickets are done. PrepperCamp.com. Number two, Self-Reliance Festival. I'm going to be in Camden, Tennessee the weekend after Prepper Camp. October 1st and 2nd. So if you're going, pick up your tickets. I got a link in the description. I do not know if they're going to cut, cut it off. I know there's been talk of reaching certain numbers and I'm not sure where they're at at this point. But if you're thinking about going, again, pick up your tickets. We can meet in person. I'm going to be talking about turning content into currency. And finally, I'm going to try to pick this up to show you. Here is today's tool. I'm going to turn it around and see if I can free up the music just a little bit. There we go. It's a Blue Yeti. Uh, if you didn't see it, I'll, I'll put a link in the description. But finally upgraded my audio end of things. I was having a few issues. Sound wasn't bad, but just cutting in or out. And I've been blown away by the performance so far. So if you're looking for an upgrade, doesn't necessarily mean you have to get one. But if you're looking at upgrading the audio, this Blue Yeti, uh, it's a condenser mic. It's got four different settings on it, depending on if you're an individual playing music, multiple people. I've been blown away by the kind of sound so far. The first trial run actual live was yesterday with Survivor Jane, and I liked the sound so much that I figured it would be today's tool. So without further ado, Mr. Nate, one half of the Two Chicks Homestead. How are you doing, Sonny? I am tired. <laughs> tired. Busy. You look tired tonight, man. <laughs> it's been, been a busy, to? busy weekend so far. But we've been uh, working on putting some cages in our shed and building our rabbit hutch up. Um, nice. And, uh, get that done. I, for the first time, played with electric all by myself and didn't shock myself. So that's a, that's a big plus. So That was a big deal. Don't undersell it because you and I have been talking a bunch. And it's okay to be a little nervous or skittish around electrical because yep. you know what I've said before, bad plumbing advice, wet feet. And you know what happens if you have bad electrical advice, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I have, I'm, I'm used to low voltage stuff. So my, my nine to five is 12 volt stuff. Um, so that's relatively easy. Just how stuff has always scared me. So I figured I'd jump in and learn how to do that and, able to get it and everything turned on all the outlets are wired right so i'm proud of you i get this random video of a light turning on and off on and off yep. and I'm like, yes <laughs> nate did it all right oh, that's awesome man no good for you because huh, i don't know there's something doesn't matter how old we get we always got to learn something new right oh yeah and uh, yep. yeah no i am i'm proud of you man that's a big step and I, I always talk about it with everybody you know if you're doing repairedness or home maintenance 
just take the next step that you're slightly uncomfortable with. That way you're stretching, but you're not trying to kill yourself too at the same time, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I watched a few videos here and there, made one phone call to my father-in-law, got a little bit of help with that. Um, just when I was going to hook up in the box, because I figured you were enjoying your uh, bachelor weekend. So <laughs> too much. But yeah, it was uh we got that handled out. Um, I had power in the shed at about noon yesterday and then uh, started working on getting all the cages hung up in there. Nice. That first time that you hook something up in the actual panel, that it makes you pucker a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, even yeah. Though, yeah. Even though you know the power's off. Yeah, I remember. It wasn't that long ago for me. So, yeah, good for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did it with the circuit breaker in hand and then the neutral and the ground to the bus bars. Yep. And going to click that thing. It's like, okay, I don't want to touch anything. <laughs> That's all right. Just going to give Martinson family a quick shout out. Uh, they haven't read the book yet. So just wanted to come in and say hello. Let us know that they got to go pick up some smoked bacon from the Hutterites. So enjoy your bacon and uh, we'll get you on here once you've uh, listened to all the books or read all the books. That yeah. Good. I love home cured bacon. Oh, nothing better. We do our own too. So do you, how's that turned out? Good. Good. We've done, uh, we just did uh, pork belly bites for dinner. Uh, what was that? Last weekend, I think. Um, that is basically a side of pork belly. Okay. And it is smoked in the smoker and it's not cured. So it's not cured bacon. Okay. Um, and you end up with, and then you cube it up and you just end up with these little, you know, one inch by one inch uh baking cubes oh you had me at bacon and then the one inch by one inch pop it in your mouth and eat it well that did it yeah 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 so, was that a meal or just a, a side dish or was that yeah that was a meal aaron and i so the girls didn't really like it all that much so oh we did it in the uh we put a bunch of barbecue sauce on it and you know let it caramelized up yeah i dropped the two trays on the island Okay. And Aaron and I stood around the island and ate pork belly bites for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Becky and I's idea of a good date too. So mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that at all. So before we dive into, man, I can't talk tonight. Before we dive into tonight's book, I got to bring up zombie rules. So yep. you, you have been at me for a while to read it. I am just about through book two. I would definitely recommend it. It's an enjoyable read, mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's for, I think it's only for half the population. I think it was written for the male audience. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say it's indefinitely. Do you remember when the, the first Transformers movie came out and uh, well, Michael Bay, you know, okay, anyway, yeah. and they always said Michael Bay's movies felt like they're written by a 16 year old boy, you know? Because, yeah. 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 The, the book, I'm not saying anything about the writing style, but the content of it definitely has that vibe to it. Let's just leave it at that. So, yeah, I would wholeheartedly, there is a it's a very good plot line. Yeah, it reminds me of Zombieland, you know, kind of that. Yeah. Going. Like, I, <clears throat> I legit, when I was first starting to read it, thought that that was it, you know, that Zombie Rules was the book to Zombieland. I did too, or at least I figured there was a connection there, but it was written. Yeah. The weird thing is it was written a few years after Zombieland. So yeah. <laughs> there's a ton 
I, I mean, it's an homage to zombie culture in general because yeah. there's so many there's scenes in there that felt like it was pulled right out of the first season of the walking dead mm -hmm. and uh scenes that feel like it came out of the dawn of the dead remake and of course all the stuff that goes along with zombie land for sure so it, it's cool i i've enjoyed it i think we'll have to i mean we're talking a year down the road but maybe do an episode just talking about that series or something because it, it yeah. it's good it's like i said i don't know if the female side of our audience without sounding too general would um yeah enjoy yeah, it as there's, much. A, there, there's a lot more of what isn't in um the going home series yes and to be honest that portion in zombie rules is a bit cringe i just like it, it's okay but i love everything else makes up for it you know what i mean like it's yeah. it's one of the best prepper books i've read the guy either has to be a prepper or has some ideas behind it and definitely some uh anarchist kind of free market thoughts in there as well yeah yeah it was it, it was definitely a good book i i think i made it through i don't remember how many there are if there's 12 or 14 but i know i've been through whatever is available yeah it's yeah i'm, I'm only two in so i'm glad i'm i've got 65 hours round trip of driving in a couple of weeks so i'm going to uh yeah i'm going to knock out a few of those books i'm hoping there you go hey rachel hunter says i need a mod to look at my message <laughs> he's over on twitch i don't have a clue what's going on over there <laughs> he single-handedly keeps the twitch stream alive over there so thank you hunter <laughs> so how are you rachel well right now i'm still playing around with this neck harness thing for not having to actually hold my phone and yeah it, it, i think it's kind of weird i can only see like half of my face on here i don't know what you guys are seeing we're, we're I see you. great yeah okay <laughs> we'll have to I've get been, you i'll go ahead i was gonna say i uh, i've also been having internet issues today so uh for me it looks like nate's froze and I can't see you at all, Tim. It's just really? a black screen. Oh, you, you're coming through. You, your video pauses a bit. Your audio is crystal clear, but yeah, I, I no, no issues there yet. We're, we're good. We can hear you. If you cut okay. out, we'll, we'll let you know. So, so the all important question this evening, folks, is what's everybody drinking? Uh, I have some um, Bardstown Fusion series. Mm hmm. Nice. How about you, Rachel? Uh, Miller Lite on one side and poor uh -oh. Rachel. Oh, she, <laughs> she got into the sauce just a little too much. Well, she'll yeah. pop back on. <laughs> well, while I'm at it, this I brought this back from Tennessee in April. First time I cracked the seal. Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire Cinnamon Spice Whiskey. Uh, I enjoy it so far. Yeah, a little on the sweet side, but yeah. Oh, there she is. Get in the sauce too heavy, didn't you? <laughs> and just like that i lost both of you <laughs> oh, you're okay we can hear you now though yeah it said that i it said that i was out of it so i had to re-enter no you're good i mean your, your video pauses a bit but yeah so let's start with rachel what were your first thoughts on this book well it started off with 
the girls in their prison cell, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. And what they were doing really wasn't much of a surprise. Freddie is the, the one that's going to be proactive. He's, she's kind of a tough ass. And, you know, the first thing she's trying to do is explore her area, try to figure out what's going on. Mary went into shutdown and it's as weak of a personality as she is. None of that was really a big surprise. Um, Jess, let me think. What was she doing? She was in the middle. She wasn't as uh, frisky as poor Rachel. Yeah. I. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Let's start. Uh, my first note I had, Nate, was all about the sensory deprivation in the cells. Mm -hmm. So it, it was pretty, you could feel it just by listening or just by reading. Oh, yeah. What, what were your thoughts about that, about how they did that? I mean, that's, that sounds like it's pretty standard procedure. Now, I don't know. I, I don't know a whole lot of people that were ever involved in the military or, um, but anytime you ever hear interrogation, that's the, that's the type of stuff you hear. The lack of sleep, the dark, you know, dark room, the loud music playing. I mean, I was kind of waiting for them to bring up the waterboarding, but. I wondered about that. Yeah. It, it never, it didn't happen. I, I yeah. when they started talking about the water with the young feller, cause you know, I'm really good with names, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the son of the older guy there. Um, I thought they were going to waterboarding, but instead they just soaked him down and basically let him chill for a while. Yeah. Well, he, they, they did the same thing that Sarge did back in uh, what book two, maybe. Yep. So well, then that leads me into a question I was going to save for later on. But since you already brought it up, let's talk about this. So it's a pretty interesting kind of juxtaposition between Sarge, the good guy, whom mm -hmm. we relate to as the good guy, and, of course, Niagata, who we're going to talk about in a minute, the bad guy. Yep. However, both of their actions were identical, just for or, or very, very similar. It's a hard, how do you want to put it? A hard, uh, a hard pill to swallow in some instances. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. I mean, you really, so when Sarge does it, then, you know, you're, you feel all, you know, great, go get them. And when Niagata does it, it's like this, you know, MF or, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, it tugs at you a different way being the, you know who he is in the book so does the so does the end justify the means or is it the motivation behind the person that makes it right or wrong or is torture ever right or wrong i i mean it's you could go either way reality if you need to get information like i yeah if you need to get information you need to get it that's mm -hmm. and you know, and end of the story. If you got a, you know, if you, if you have potential to save millions of lives, sure. I agree totally. And I, I, I laugh right along with Sarge when he's sadistic and, mm -hmm. you know, hitting people on the bottom of the feet with uh, what PVC pipe or whatever the hell it was. Yep. And, you know, I mean, I, 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 I enjoy it <laughs> because 
he's he's the protagonist, you know. And I know when it comes down to it, his motivations are for the most part altruistic. You know, when they have a big conversation there around the fire, when Morgan looks at Sarge and he's like, "Why the hell are you doing this? Like, why are you bothering? Why are you going and jumping into the?" What is it? Uh, shoot, I can't think of the name of the alphabet group that looks after uh, the camp. Which one is it? Uh, DHS. DHS. Thank you. Yeah. So when they go to Dickhead the DHS, society. Yeah. Yeah, Dick- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so Morgan, you know, we kind of choose him out and he's like, why the hell are you doing this, Sarge? It's not your business. And then, of course, what does Sarge say? Something along the lines of, well, if it was you, Morgan, or your kids in there, wouldn't you want me to go? Right. Exactly. And yeah, so Hunter says Sarge took the steps up, not just going the ultimate all at once. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, like, yeah. that's true. Yep. He didn't use it. He used it as a a last. He give. But I mean, Niagata did the same thing. Yeah, he, he worked his <laughs> he worked his way up intimidation. And remember right. the quote, torture is what, 90 percent psychological. Yeah, it isn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he. Niagato ended up, you know, getting, I can't remember who it was. It wasn't, it was a Shane. Yep. Yeah. That's what, uh, yep. Okay. That's what Dixon said there, Chris. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's no different what happened to Shane than what happened to the guys in book two. Right. Cause, like, uh, you know, Sarge had him hanging up butt ass naked. And so was Shane. Walked them out in the woods uh, eventually, right? They're the ones yep. that walked out on the street or the road and killed them in cold blood, right? Yeah, exactly. And oh, poor Rachel, she's done. That's okay. She can she can uh, bring in the her you know through text or whatever. But and then of course that's what was going to happen to Shane if if they'd uh, you know if if Niagata and you know the camp had their way with those two. Oh, exactly. I have no doubt they were going to be finished, right? Absolutely. You know it's. They were already talking about execution. You know, we'll get into probably that later on in the book, yep. or later on in this. But there was an execution scheduled, and it wasn't Shane. So. And of course, you know, again, I kind of like the idea of motivation because Niagata said to Shane something along the lines of, "Well, you were an enemy combatant. You're breaking yeah. the rules." So, you know that. That's all he needed. Niagata needed for justification, right? Right. I mean, it's it's under martial law. They declared martial law, and he had a firearm, and that's you know, yeah, a working vehicle and a firearm. Yeah, what, working vehicle, know, firearm, and a military age male. What do you expect? We both look at that as absolutely asinine, but yeah, it is what it is, right? So, absolutely. Now, Rachel says Shane and his dad were just driving. The others were actually guilty of crimes. Again. It's just fun playing the devil's advocate because technically Shane and his dad were, and, and, and I don't agree with it, but I mean, they were breaking two laws about driving, having guns, plus they were conspiring with known enemies or terrorists at that right. point as well. I mean, they're definitely acting in a military capacity. Right. Doesn't make it right or wrong. And of course, we, we look at it as the protagonists are the good guys and the antagonists are the bad guys, but... It's just interesting. Right. And it's it's also Shane and his boys were the same guys that took mm. the shot at the helicopter. the helicopter. Yeah. Right. Way back yeah. when. Yep. When Morgan was coming home in book one. 
Same group of guys. This would have been, I'm going to save some of this, or I'm going to keep some notes on this, because when I get Chris back on the show, I'd like to talk to him a fair bit about that. Because uh, I think I like, and I'm sure this was done on purpose, you know, just taking the two people and kind of comparing and contrasting their torture methods compared to their motivations, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And Hunter says he doesn't fault the DHS guy on his actions. Got to do what you got to do. Yep. It's tough, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah. And Rational says they didn't know that. I, I don't I don't know. I, I think they had some pretty damn good suspicions that they were doing something, you know? But yeah. Anyway, yeah I'm not, I mean, Niagata yeah. even said it. You're out driving around. You don't just drive around in today's age. Right. And nobody had firearms. Nobody had the gas for it, right? Right. So yeah, no. So I suppose we should say who Niagata is, since I kind of jumped the jumped the shark there. But <laughs> who did they say? So when they introduce Niagata, obviously he sounds like a pretty creepy dude. But Shane chuckles to himself, and it was a Star Trek character. Do you remember which one it was? No, I, I couldn't remember if it was Chekhov or Zulu. So if anybody can remember, I uh, those were the two. I put them in my notes, and I thought, huh. But either way, it was just funny that he reminded him of an old-fashioned Star Trek character, right? Yeah. Hunter, oh, Zulu. Thank you, Rational. Zulu, yeah. So, <laughs> but um, Niagata, I mean, he had no conscience either, right? Right. And do you think Sarge has a conscience? Mm, I, that, I, it could go either way, but I doubt it. Because he did... Oh, there's Rachel. I wonder if she's coming back just as audio. Let's see. Hi, Rachel. You back? Well, I'm giving it a try with just the audio. I went through and made sure that I had all my stuff closed and didn't have anything running in the background. So if it doesn't work this time, then I'm done. Ah, you're good. You, you're crystal clear again. So yep, so what did you think of Nia got her, Rachel? He looks, I, I say looks. He seems like he's uh, one of those guys that you find in a a really bad action movie. <laughs> yeah, good point. He's almost too corny for the position. A 1980s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, something like Commando. You know, the, yeah. the Australian guy with the chain mail and the big knife and the mustache, you know? Yeah, there you go. That's a good point, Rachel. I like that. <laughs> That, that is totally what he seems like to me. And he is. He's almost uh, too good to, uh, or yeah, like you said, um, almost too corny to be. Well, he is fictional, of course, but. Well, the, yeah. his, so Nia got a sarcasm also. Remember the guy, the villain in Waterworld? Reminded me a lot of him, like that, that sarcasm. Yeah, I can see that. It's, You're quoting a movie that almost everyone universally hated, at least at the time it was released. But well, I know I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was worth it. Worth a watch. I, I was the same way with the Postman. Did you ever watch the Postman? No. No. Another Kevin no. Costner movie that everybody thought was overrated and boring. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Rational says Lethal Weapon. Yep, definitely could have been a character at a Lethal Weapon as well. Or how about Die Hard? He would have made a really good antagonist in one of the Die Hard series. Yeah. Would have been when was, fun. Yeah. Go ahead. When was the last time you guys watched okay, the, the first one that pops into my brain is uh, one of the Predator movies. I think it was the 
It was the one that took place in like Chicago or something. That's number two. Yeah, that I was haven't watched two? any of those. Probably 1992 was the last time I watched that one. Oh my God. Watch the gangsters with their freaking guns. Okay. It's kind of like watching the little kids where they're like going back and forth with their arms. You know, they're shooting the, they're shooting their Uzis or whatever the fuck it was. Yep. And it's going back and forth with their arms like, yay. It, it, it's, you look at it now and it is just freaking ridiculous watching some of that stuff that we thought was so cool back in the eighties. Do you guys ever remember? So I'm a, a big slasher fan. And of course I love the Jason movies. They just crack me up. And um, Jason goes to man. Jason takes Manhattan. I think it's number eight or something. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, but yep. so the whole shtick behind the movie was Jason killing people in New York city. Well, the entire movie takes place on a boat heading down a fictional river toward New York city. And you get about six minutes of him actually walking 1980s, New York city. But those six minutes are pure and utter 80s glory. And there's some characters in there that remind me of that, too. Yeah. Oh, Steven Seagal movie as well. Yes, he would. Actually, yeah. that's almost even better because you take the guys in Arnold movies and they were good. The Steven Seagal villains were like a notch down, you know. All right. So we're going to sidetrack here for a second. If you like 80s stuff. Yes. Go for it. One. Okay, so I wanted to watch that. <laughs> I was Don't excited. watch the movie, read the book. Okay, I will, because the movie, I only made it halfway through. Yeah, do the book. Okay. Rational says the Postman is far better than it's given credit for. I agree, totally. And it's considered a classic apocalyptic novel, too. So it, I, I started what? it, haven't finished it, but yeah. But yes, I, ah, uh, oh, yeah, we, we could do, we chef. <laughs> Maybe sometime we'll do a movie roundtable too, because oh, I love me some good old '80s action. That's for sure. So Chris, back here a little ways, he stole my thunder. Not really, but he said uh, um, because this was a quote from Sarge: "Evil wins when good men do nothing." And this entire book is more quotable than any of the books that came before it. There was so many like sound bites. Um. I took a few notes every time. Okay. Whenever I grew up, when I grew up, they always had the saying grinning like a Cheshire cat, right? Yep. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Yep. Well, every time, uh, angry mayor, Chris there, when he goes, he starts a saying and he says, grinning like, and I keep thinking he's going to say Cheshire cat, but he says things like a donkey eating briars, which I'd never heard before, but I loved. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys hear that one before? Have you heard that donkey eating briars or mm -mm. nope? No. And I took, I got to find the quote here. It was from Thad uh, right here. Okay. This was one of the best quotes for handymen or guys that own a truck that you will ever find. And I had to write it down. I stopped. I was out mowing, shut the mower off and wrote it down. It was moving, roofing and plumbing will separate your friends real quick. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that was the quote you were talking about as soon as you said. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was good. I, I had I laughed out loud. I'd I'd never heard I mean I've heard it said before, you know. Oh, poor Rachel. Yeah, I've heard it said before, you know, if you have a truck, people might take advantage of you. But this was such a witty, quippy way of saying it. I enjoyed that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely the case. I mean, I, I remember having to pick up truck and that's you know, everybody and your brother is uh your friend come moving day if you own a pickup. 
Uh, and you're you're a computer guy too, aren't you, Nate? A little bit or not too much? I'll do to I do some technology, but I'm not a real like electronics expert computer guy. I used to be, but Gr growing up, I was always a PC guy. Everybody figured, oh, Tim can fix PCs. So, you know, the the teenage equivalent of owning a truck is, hey, you can fix computers. Come to my house and fix my computer for me. Mm -hmm. Same type of thing. <laughs> I, I built a computer 10 years ago. Okay. And it's still sitting here at my desk. So it's working good. Yeah. yeah I, I get a decade out of my PCs too. I'm kind of crazy, but yeah, it's I got had Windows, Windows oh, go 7 and five terabytes of hard drive space. And that's where a lot of our videos and pictures are. So nice. That's good to have. I, yeah. I had one more quote that I, um, this one, I'm pretty sure Morgan said it. And he said, it's not the end, not the beginning of the end, but it might be the end of the beginning. Do you remember him saying that? I think yeah, it was toward the end yeah. of the book. Yep. And I think he was either, now I can't remember which one of the daughters was suffering from depression. I think it was the middle one, wasn't it? Yes. Um... Somebody in the comments will thank you. Yeah. It, it was the middle here. one. Yep. Yep. It was either a little bit or it was the one in the middle. But no, yeah, it was so, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, she probably wouldn't get that, would she? But I mean, she had a rough go at this book too. So, hmm. well, let's talk about that because the undertone. Okay, I'm gonna back up just a minute here because every time I prep these shows, I go through Goodreads and I love reading people's reviews. Yeah. So Leanne, yeah. Drink this. So, yeah. Leanne take, there a, it is. take a drink. All right. No ham radio. There we go. Take a drink. Yeah. So, um, I'll take <laughs> so, me too. So I went through the Goodreads reviews and they're almost split. So the first 50% or close to it are the author can't write women. He must be a misogynist. <laughs> he, he cannot write women at all. And I'm like, okay. I'm a man, so I don't want to jump in on this. Then the next half are, Chris is one of the best authors for writing characters out there. And half of those were women. So which one is it, Rachel? I have no problem with the way that he writes women. He has some that are strong. He has some that are weak. He has some that, you know what? I will back you up to the end of time, but I'm not going to be the one rushing through the door first. He really runs the whole gambit pretty much of personality wise when it comes to the women, if you ask me. Kind of similar yeah. to how he writes the men, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. I had to get. I just, I don't know. I, it's like if, if, uh, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but it's like if you write even one woman as less strong than a man in a series at this point, you get lambasted by a certain section of critics oh, who of say, you know, it, I don't know, you know, and there's plenty of weak men in the stories too. I, you know, I mean, yeah. one that comes to mind was the sheriff, you know, he was supposed to be, I think it was a sheriff, right? The one that ended up defecting yeah, to the yeah. yeah. I mean, he was, was oh, he was awful. You know, he thought he was big, but, but, and Hunter says it is from a man's point of view. So, you know, we do tend to write from our own personal experience. Yeah, but he's but Oh, go sorry. Go ahead, Nate. No, go ahead. I was going to say, given the fact that so much of this is based on people in his family and in his life, 
how do you not observe your your own wife and the way she is? How do you not observe your your children and the way they are? You know, your friends' wives, the people who are closest to you. How can somebody really say, well, you're obviously seeing this wrong, but you are deep into these people's lives. You know them so well, and it's, I would think it would be difficult to misrepresent it. No, I, I mean, that's like saying that somebody's personal experience is wrong. You know, that, right. that's, a, yeah, yeah how, how do you say that? I, I don't know. I, I think he, I mean, of course, you know, I, I only have four daughters and a wife, so I don't know a lot about women. Maybe someday I will. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it, it's just a little frustrating because I, I thought he did okay. And maybe part of that comes from, and I, we got to talk about it. It was in the last book too, but men in these books tend to use sex or assault in as an uh, as an avenue of power or control mm. and whether he writes about it or he doesn't write about it it's a fact of life in this world that that kind of shit can happen right right yeah i mean it's it's that's kind of the one thing i like about going home is there's not a lot of the, you know that stuff in this yep it's implied yes it's it's implied but it's not like oh this went down this went down it's all you know all this and it's like you know when it's is in the book there's a point for it being there yes never described in graphic detail right just just alluded to or spoken about but not described in a gratuitous manner you know which right. i i appreciate i i don't need it yeah. uh, you know there was another comment. I, I I picked the five funniest reviews, and I, I will share them at the end. But what some people's complaints were: I loved the book, but it could have done without the language. And I thought, I don't think so. I don't think you can write that book without the language. No, nope. you know, can you imagine Sarge saying, "Come on, fiddle fart, what are you doing? Let's uh, get to work and get your yeah. lazy rear ends in gear." That. Uh, it doesn't work, right? Any veteran is going to know you don't know what the hell you're writing if you're writing the character who's not swearing. I know. And there was one lady who said that he obviously knows nothing about military. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think he did a great job researching and learning about it. Uh, yeah. You know, it seemed plausible and believable to me. Or he's got some friends who are legit military. Because, I mean, a lot of the stuff he brought up with Niagata is right out of the military. Sure. Was it Abu Ghraib that they said Niagata was from? Yep. Yeah, that's yep. what I thought. He's the guy you didn't hear about on the news. <laughs> yep. And if you if you didn't hear about him, that's, yeah, that's the yep. scary one. Uh, Rational yep. said that's where the Christian movies lose me. I get it. Yeah, you know, I grew up in a house where I was allowed to say frig. That was it. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I know that whole 80s evangelical thing. And yeah, the it's tough because, I don't know, if you if you stub a toe, my, you know, and maybe it's just because I curse like a fucking sailor, but <laughs> gosh, as Hunter says, I stub a toe, I'm going to say gosh darn. So there you go. And I get it. It doesn't appeal to everybody. So, right. Let's tackle this one from Hunter. It's kind of interesting. He said, how would the story be if Little Bit wrote it or more specifically, if it was written from her point of view? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. It's an interesting 
literary exercise that's for sure exactly and i wouldn't even know where to start with it you know because there's a lot of stuff that she likes and i could see it being one big you know like book three or book four is one big camping trip with dad sure yes very good yeah so i i I could definitely see how that would work out um leanne uh you know the whole situation with leanne would be you know my sister doesn't want to talk to me and play with me which is totally normal yes so it so here's what i'm thinking if it wasn't written from little bits perspective it could have been written from one of the daughters, the older daughters, mm-hmm. and would have made a pretty good young adult fiction if somebody yeah. wanted to tackle it from that perspective. That would be kind of interesting. Yeah, that would be. I'm trying to think. I know there was a book that I read years ago that was, they, they went back and rewrote the story from a different character's perspective. Hmm. I know Stephen King did it with The Regulators and Desperation, yeah. but they were two different books that took place in the same time anyway just interesting but but it'd be cool i wouldn't mind seeing that i don't know if i would read it necessarily yeah, be interesting. rachel said i should have pulled a josh and went somewhere with wi-fi that's okay <laughs> yes that's it thank you rational oh rational if you have a uh, lightning wallet let me know holy cow that is a deep dive right there <laughs> i have not read ender's game since 2000 2001 and it's one of my favorite novels. And yes, oh my right. God, thank you, Rational. I would have been scratching my head. All right, let me, uh, I'll write that down. Keep talking. Yeah, so Ender's Game is a classic. And when you read it, it none of the sequels hold a candle to it. They're written by um, a Mormon guy, uh, Orson Orson Scott Card. Just a, yeah, I read him, a guy, a buddy of mine, Corey in college, give me the book. I still have it. It's like a tattered kind of paperback and it was awesome. But yeah. Um, Ender's Game was on the Commandant's reading list. It's so good. And then they made a shitty movie with Harrison Ford in it because it's a hard movie to make because they train in zero gravity. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, but it was, yeah, it's worth reading. Just even if you just read the first, but I cannot believe, yeah, that for, you made my night rational. That's awesome. All right. I'll go digging for uh, my Wednesday re- read when I get back to work. Yes. Starship Troopers was too. Didn't know that. Huh. Y'all making me fund Audible, Hunter says. Yep. So in the month of August, I was guilty of, so they have the, up here in Canada, three for $39, three Audible credits if you run out. I took advantage of that twice in the month of uh, August. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's cool. Um, Oh man, I got tons of stuff. We haven't barely even touched the the uh the start of it here but yeah we talked about the sensory deprivation let's talk about jamie um what do you think of her she cracks me up oh she's a hard ass i wouldn't want to mess with her and i even remember saying in book one wait till you guys meet jamie because jamie's a nut i mean jess jess can be a little bit of a hard ass yep but i remember saying wait until you guys meet jamie she will stomp all over jess you know it's you know what I loved when uh, goddamn Jeff comes in and he's like, what did he say? Like, well, hello there, beautiful. Or trying to embarrass her a little bit or something oh, yeah. like that. And she didn't even, you know, or what was it? Uh, if, if, if you, if you pull out your sidearm, I'm going to field strip it for you or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's something along that line. 
I liked her even more. Okay, when they had the first, so that you know, when they sent her out with the four of them when they did the reconnaissance mission to the yeah. camp, she had a real chip on her shoulder when they first went oh. out. And that's okay. I get it. I mean, you're a woman dealing with fucking grumpy men all the time. But she really, she still has that chip, but she mellows after that. When she right. realizes that they're not, they're not shooting her down because she's a woman. They're just, they know more than her because they're fucking trained soldiers. And right. she is a redneck girl who grew up hunting. Yeah. And, but they totally respected her for it. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, they, they flat out told her why they don't want her up at the front line. They don't need somebody who can shoot. Hmm. So they need, they need somebody yeah. who can look and listen and see what's going on, not somebody who can pull the trigger. But I got to tell you, that girl can handle her own. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It, so I don't know how I forgot this. I love how rereading things, the book comes back to you. Mm -hmm. I forgot that the one that she, so, okay. Do we find out Singer's fate in this book or is it the next one? Uh, the next one, I think. Is it? I can't remember. Either way, she beats the living. I forgot that that oh, was yeah. Singer. I forgot. I don't even know how I. Well, it, and it, it, Jess yeah. beat the hell out of her too. I know. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> I picture Singer, have you watched, I probably brought this up before, but have you watched Handmaid's Tale at all? Yes. Yeah. And do you know the older lady that, yeah, the Martha. Yeah. Or no, not not the Martha. The Martha is the the mom, the lady at uh yeah, yeah. she's I know Von Straczynski is the lady that plays the Martha, but the yeah. older lady, she was in the leftovers as well. Mm -hmm. That if I could think of her name, that is who I picture playing singer. And she would be a perfect singer. She's not a redhead though. Oh, she could dye her hair. Yeah, but true. but she has that attitude, mm -hmm. that bitchy, like. Yeah, I know I'm almost 60, but mm -hmm. don't you dare try to cross me because you will be sorry. I I definitely uh, could see that. So, okay, Rachel filled us in. So we don't know Singer's fate in book four, so we won't expand on it. But she certainly did smash Singer's face. Oh, yeah. And Jess pulled out a tuff of hair. So mm. Singer was tough, though. She was able to hold her own. Yeah. But yeah, well, anyway, we'll leave yeah. it at that for now. We, we That's cool, Will. Uh, delayed gratification here, and we'll talk about that the next time, you know? But Yep. So here's something funny. Another thing that I picked up. So this was the fourth time I've read this one. And uh, the Spanish guy, Perez. Yes. So all along, the first three times I read the book, I pictured him as a 20-something, kind of like Mike and Ted, or maybe early 30s. Turns out he's like a grizzly 50-year-old veteran. Oh, yeah. That's that's who I saw, too. As a young guy? No, the grizzly. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know why I missed that. I I don't know. Yeah, I get the, lost sometimes. The, the, the old dude that sits around and watch everybody else do, you know, do mm. their shit. That's, that's exactly how I saw Perez as. That's funny, because I was just picturing him as some, you know, fairly young guy, because he was always out there scavenging the cigarettes, right, and all that. Yeah. And, yeah. So, it was just, yeah, it was interesting. I had to... I don't know how I missed it. It's just funny how mentally you you brush over things. You make a um, kind of a, a point of that, you know, and you think and that's the mental image. Hunter said he did too. Did he? <laughs> Hunter's messages look like my text messages to my wife. I, yeah. Fat fingers and big thumbs and, you know, but 
Um, all right, let's go back here. So they, you know what I really, okay, let's, yeah, we talked about a little bit. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So of course, Morgan, I think it was Leanne that he said, you know, watch your sister. Yeah. Now, mopey teenagers tend to piss me off. Kids, kid actors in general, I don't particularly enjoy in movies. Most times they are getting better and it's not their fault. I can't help how I feel. But in this book, Leanne, the middle girl, her situation was legit. To me, it felt, for the most part, other than, I mean, you got to put yourself in her shoes. She was pissed off because she wasn't going to graduate or get a prom or something like yeah. that. But either way, she was pretty good. But I felt bad for her because that could have happened to anybody. You know, just not looking after your sister for five minutes and some crazy loon with a dog comes and takes away his best friend. Right. But uh, so what did you think of the crazy guy? Because each interaction he gets progressively crazier. So when he fired off the shots at them when they're driving by with the buggy. Yes. I would, me personally, I would have shot him right then and there. That would have fixed the problem. Sure. But that it's, that didn't go that route. So we were back to tracking him down hit uh, him holding a little bit it was mike who grabbed a little bit i think so yeah i love oh, mike and Kid. who was it it was danny danny, danny. Oh, okay. okay yeah all right and then you know you got the, the old dude just sitting there talking his shit and you know here comes morgan again with the 45 top of the head boom done <laughs> right behind the ear i think he said if i remember correctly yeah, i just like listened to that yesterday I didn't get through it one more time. I tried, but it, uh, um, yeah. And, and they didn't even care that he shot him. They just cared that he made a mess. Yeah. Like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Give me a warning next got time. Brains. Give me a warning next time. Well, it seemed like he messed up Jamie when she, when he did that, she got grossed yes. out. Yes. I was going to, yeah, that was actually interesting because she was, I don't know if offended is the right word for it, but she was caught off guard from it. I think right. she was a little freaked out. Like you said, she was not the military person. She was just the redneck. Mm -hmm. I wonder if she'd actually seen anyone die up close like that yet. You know what I mean? I doubt it. That's what I'm okay. thinking, too. I never thought about it till then because the first one Morgan killed was Gold Dollar. Was that mm -hmm. his name? Or Silver Dollar or whatever? Dollar. Silver Dollar. Yeah. yeah, and that bothered him quite a bit, the first one. But then after that, well, this is the type of guy that Morgan turned into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it. Gets a little easier each time. Yeah, for the for the better or for the worse. I don't know, but hey, I I would have done the same goddamn thing hundred times over. I wouldn't even have thought about it. Not yeah. even yeah. And I think the scene out of the whole lot that upset me the most was when they found the pee spot in the woods. Poor little mm -hmm. bit, you know, because they said she'd never pee in front of people. They always had to go to a bathroom, you know. And, she was yeah. afraid to pee in the woods. Yeah. And I felt so bad. Oh, yeah. let's. Uh, there's a few things over here. So uh, maybe talk about this, too, because um, I remember the first chicken that I decapitated, and I was almost sick to my stomach. It made me weak in my knees. But after that, Hunter's right. You still treat them with respect, but it does get easier each time. Well, the first thing I tell everybody is anytime butcher day is an easy day, there's a problem. Good. I like that. You're right. So let's jump. I like what Chris Dixon just brought up here. This is a pretty good one. So speaking of torture, 
How about this? Said uh, Singer wasn't too tough with the sock gag, now was he? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I Serge is got to be. I would love if I when we get Chris back on the show again, I'm going to ask him, and I'm I don't know how much he'll have to talk about it, but um, he, I'd like to know where some of the, a lot. So I okay. I'm going to slide down here. I had a thing where it said he must have spent a lot of time researching torture methods. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear some of the stories that he was told in researching for this, because it, when it comes down to it, like Niagata said, it is a lot to do with psychological, whether mm -hmm. it's a nasty ass toe fungus filled sock shoved in your throat oh, yeah. or Sarge pretending to take a piss on your face when it was just a water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could just think of this stuff too on your own. That is true. I mean, he is a, a sick and twisted follower. That's for sure. Hunter says it's not that hard to find. He's probably right. It's just, I'd forgotten about the sock until Chris brought it up. So yeah, that was good. And so the two, the other group that Sarge has aligned with, they're, are they weekend warriors or what, what were those? Or what I think are it's they? The, I, it's is it the national guard i think it is yeah, the national, national guard. guard that's it okay so i don't want to misspeak on what they are i just yeah so but the leaders they, they were i liked how they came along because when they were you know when sarge first brought up the concept of taking the camp they were pretty mm -hmm. nervous about it but yeah. i remember how what did they say he's like what the fuck sarge when he put the sock in their in their mouth you know he was yeah. like what are you doing yeah yeah, I mean, and, and it continues with those guys. And I've, mm -hmm. I, I've noticed that as I get, you know, go through it. It's like the National Guard just, they're not doing the right things. I wonder if he, I wonder if uh, the author had some um, bad experiences with the National Guard or if if it's just friends of his that have that opinion, which is fine too. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be a lot of jokes with the military, you know, the, one weekend a month, two weeks a year. So, or the Marine. I love the adopted Marine. Is it a Marine? Oh, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they make fun of him something wicked. He said, would they call him like a stray dog that showed up and you fed him? That was the first mistake. Yeah. 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 And he seems like such a cool dude too. Cause isn't he the radio monitor at times? Yeah. 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 He was, yeah. seems like a decent dude. And I was always under the impression that uh, Ian, was that it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian is who that is. Yeah. And uh, I was under the impression that Marines were tough. Was it, are they basically saying he's tough, but stupid? Was that what they were getting at? Yeah. That's, okay. that's, that's the usual joke. So. Because he seems like a really good dude. Like I, I just, I don't, I, and I know that's what they do. They, they Josh with each other and carry on and stuff. Cray, <laughs> crayon eaters. Yep. Yep. I introduced Charlotte to the term of window liquor the other day. She'd never heard that before. So <laughs> she appreciated yeah, I, that. I, I, I know a few of those people in my life. Uh, yeah, I've known a few. Absolutely. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit. I I think this book, so book four, had more DIY foraging kind of yes. home. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. So reading through the Goodreads reviews, there was a ton of people. I thought it was kind of cool. I don't know if Chris reads those or not. A ton of people who said, wow, I learned a lot about prepping from reading these books. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, have you ever tried like cattails or tubers or rhizomes, anything like that? We have not, but I 
we don't have kudzu up here, but I would try that. Okay. I, I, I know they do a little bit with kudzu as you get further in the books. Um, but I know you had the cattails, you had the what was the other thing? It was the it, uh so tubers, I think tubers were what they ground up to make a potato substitute, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, for the pancakes. Yes, yeah, the yeah, the pancakes, which was so cool. And yeah, I also had this down making the soap from scratch. Yeah. I, I love that. Oh yeah. So they got the they got the lye from the ash, and then they got the fat from the, the pigs, right? Is that how yep. they basically yeah? Yeah. And it was neat. I'd never heard the feather trick before, though. That was new to me. Yeah, I mean, I've we've never made soap, but uh it's something we've considered. And I mean, a, a lot of this book, these you know, the books that I've read in here have got me thinking, you know, how to get a little bit more prepped. Yeah. And it's, it, it's a legit way to look at it. And you go through the list. Okay. What would you do at this point? What would you do at this point? What can I do to lessen this or not worry about that or whatever? But yeah, these, these books definitely have it where you can do that. I think that might be my favorite part. They're entertaining. Mm -hmm. But they're also a mental exercise too. They, oh yeah, you know, yeah. um, two hundred ninety nine days was really good for that too. You know, I, I, I might, you know, I, I enjoy the series a lot. Yeah, obviously, going home is my favorite. That's why we started with it. But it, yeah. it is fun. It's, it's really, uh, it's cool to see. I enjoyed that. And how about the latrine? They crushed all those cans, buried yeah. them in the ground, and then drove pipe in the ground. I wouldn't have thought yeah. of that. I thought yeah. I, you know, I mean, obviously, Doc. And again, doctors are in charge of not just health, but also sanitation. Yeah, exactly. And it's, there's a lot of stuff you wouldn't think about. Well, he, and there was a ton of talk about sanitation in there, you know, about mm -hmm. how people weren't um, covering their feces or covering their mess because they were lazy. You know, they got tired and then all of a sudden a whole bunch of people got sick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to get a little bit further in the book where sanitation really comes or in the series where sanitation really comes in it's hard to tell a post-apocalyptic story where it doesn't happen at some point mm -hmm. you know uh decimates them in one second after oh yeah uh, you know when in walking dead when they're in the prison you know that their water supply gets contaminated they get really mm -hmm. sick it's it just seems to go you know go without saying and and i think i think it's pretty realistic you know we might be conditioned because we like this stuff at this point but Yep. Um, Chris says, my grandmother would float a potato in her lye solution. Never heard the feather trick either. Hmm. I can see that because at that point it becomes, once there's enough soluble material in it, the, the potato would actually uh, float for sure. Uh, making an artificial septic field. Car parts work great for that too. Hmm. So since I'm speaking at Prepper Camp, I'm going to tell a story about the uh, homemade septic system that I actually made. And uh, I'm sure that the statute of limitations is long past, but <laughs> it was made out of, uh, so we moved into a house. The septic line collapsed. I didn't have a pot to piss in, literally or figuratively. <laughs> Sorry. So we rented a tractor. We dug two holes. We put, you know, the cement well casings, yep. you know, like for dug wells. We put uh, two four-footers down one side, two three-footers down the other. So solid sitting here, and then you drilled holes, connected them, and then put a bunch of pipe out, buried it all up. I just found it that way. It worked really well. 
There you so, go. Yeah, you got to take care of it, right? And exactly. Hunter says sanitation is a problem across the world now. Mm -hmm. And Hunter says illegal. Yes, absolutely. Totally. Let's talk about the assault on the camp. What did you think of that? You mean walking in the front door and then <laughs> hand the keys over? It really wasn't mu <clears throat> wasn't much of an assault, was it? No. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get any more perfect than that takeover other than Sarge taking one to the hip. Yes. And was it Ted that rolled his ankle or was it Mike? Uh, it was one of the two. I don't remember. So when he, okay, I want to talk about that because not they're, they're not dumb. They're just brave. But holy shit, when he threw that rubber ball grenade down there and then literally jumps in after it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I could do that. Maybe I could, but th that boy, ha they have some balls to do that kind of stuff. Wait, was that in, was that, that was in, th in four? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or was it okay. in three? No, it was in four because him and Sarge both end up in the uh, um, in the hospital at the same time. Oh, okay, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that was at the tail end of it or whatever. But yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Because so, this yeah, going on, I didn't get to the last hour. That's why. That's okay. So, so, so yeah, what? <laughs> there was no real assault, was there? It, I mean, it was a mental assault. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, they, you know, J. Jamie kind of started it. They ended up bringing three people back, if I remember. Mm -hmm. Then they had all their IDs. They had the map from the guys that Jamie showed up. Dad. Yep. Yep. And then the Sarge just played it off like somebody's going to try and take over your camp. And they walked in the front door under guys and pulled firing pins out of all the firearms and said, all right, camp's now ours. They, um, again, I, I mean, post-apocalyptic fiction, but in The Walking Dead, when they finally have the war with Negan's people, mm -hmm. and I think it's Eugene's the smart guy, and he was making all the bullets, he sabotaged all the bullets, or I think that's what it was, or, or frigged up the firing pins or something, so that all of that side, their guns kind of exploded in their hands. So that's what I was thinking of when it happened. Yeah. You know? It was, yeah, it was cool. I... Like you said, it couldn't have happened any better way or any better for them. But And it also helped that they had inferior uh, administration in the camp, for sure. Right. I mean, but but that could also go with they're playing the joke off of, you know, DHS is a bunch of morons. And they don't know any better. Yes. You know, but reality, I don't know if it would go that route, you know. It would take balls. That's all I can say to walk yeah. in there like that and say, because it could have just as easily ended up with a bullet in the head because they wouldn't have. I don't think what did um, Thad say uh, to go up against an occupying force? You needed five to one numbers. Five I believe. One, yep. So, yep. yeah. And, and also, I guess in a sense, because Hunter said here, it didn't end in a full firefight. They were probably looking out for the civilians as well. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there was a couple shots fired here and there other than Sarge. Um, yeah, Sarge caught around to the hip, his artificial mm -hmm. hip. <laughs> that was actually funny. I felt bad for poor Sarge. <laughs> he tried to hide that from the boys so bad. Yep, yep, that didn't work. But yeah, he was, and that was when Sarge first met, um, oh shoot, what's her name? Uh the, the lady in the hey. kitchen. 
what is it? May? May. K. That's it. Yeah. 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 So, which was great because that their two their interactions just make me smile. Oh yeah. yeah and they're right. from the way they make it sound like they're the, about the same age. So I think so. Yeah. Um. I I think the funniest part was uh, Mike thermiting the uh, uh, the bus. Yes. And then they come around like a bunch of. I don't even know what you want. Again, crayon eaters. And they're yeah, like, oh. I mean, a bunch of idiots running around trying to put the fire out and the bus is go, going up in flames. It, yeah, well, what do we do? I guess yep. we'll stand here, you yep. know? And then yep. and then when three of their guards just disappear, they're like, well, I guess they disappeared. Looks like yeah, a scuffle. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't, they definitely weren't that well trained let's put it that way the guys that were no. there they were they had more they were more concerned about holding on to power than they were about anything else i would say right i would agree with that you know that could be most alphabet groups but <laughs> yeah. good point and i think another thing that worked in sarge's favor was the breakdown in communication too because it's not like the I can't remember what his name was, of course, but the leader of the DHS camp. It's not like he could just pick up the, the horn and dial and say, "Hey, you know, we right. got people here." Well, uh, I mean, the, they... the the first thing they did was they got in his office, and once everybody got in the camp, he sent Mike and Ted over to the comm shack. Right, they shut down all the comms. Oh, I forgot about that. Right, yes, they did. So they couldn't even have called for help if they wanted to. Right. You know, you got the the two guys in there, the communications guys, and they just relieved everybody who's in there. I mean, they <laughs> sent them off to go get checked, you know, checked out, and that was it. It, yeah, it was funny, and, and they all just went along with it. Which, again, mm -hmm. I think had if they were full fledged military personnel in there, I'm not sure that that same scenario would have played out. No. No, because Sarge has a way of exuding authority, mm -hmm. even if somebody doesn't like him or doesn't necessarily think that he should be in charge. He just has a way of telling people and they listen to him. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if, if it were, say, the Army or the Marines or the Navy, you wouldn't have pulled the same stuff off with them. No, I don't opinion. think so. Not even a bit. So, uh, yeah, well, you know what? Hunter's not wrong there. Yeah. He says, spot on. I think it plays to the just following orders mentality. Because, yeah. again, there was a ton of comparisons to the DHS camp and, you know, the Jewish occupation, the, the uh, Holocaust and the Nazis and things like that as well. So, yeah, yep. definitely just following orders, sir. Yep, absolutely. Do you want to read some of the funnier reviews? Sure. <laughs> All right, so I picked five. None of them are like drop dead hilarious, but I just we'll, we'll discuss them because they're kind of funny. But so the first one, and anyway, here we go. So <laughs> it said, "Well," and you can you can almost hear the person climbing up on their high horse or their soapbox or whatever. It's like it must be miserable to read stuff looking for social problems. That's all I can say. So let's move on from that. Well. At least the author finally tackled the subject of racism in this series. I am sure it would have come up before now, but at least there was something. It had come up before already, if I remember. Uh, on multiple occasions. Yeah. Yes. Um, because there was plenty of times that Thad talked about that. 
you know, oh, poor Dan, he's over in the Telegram group asking about the, the book club. <laughs> so it, this was the most overt and open discussion of it, but they never hid the fact. I mean, Thad made many com many comments about, mm -hmm. you know, you know, white man doing things to him and that kind of stuff. So it wasn't like it wasn't dealt with before. It just hadn't come up in the plot at this moment. Right. But yeah, I, don't know. I mean, dad gets, uh, dad gets a little rough here coming up. If I remember, you know, I, I don't know. Serge is my favorite, but boy, Thad must be a close second because mm -hmm. for Thad to deal with the killers of his family, the way he did, and then to have the compassion to look for, um, you know, to, to look after the, the young boy that he found hanging, mm -hmm. to deal with the people that were the racists, and then to talk Leanne down. I forgot to put that, to talk Leanne down off the yeah. metaphorical ledge by sharing with her. It, um, yeah, it's, it, he, he's a pretty cool character for sure. Yeah, if I, if I remember, that's the only time Thad ever talks about telling somebody what exactly happened to his family. Uh, yeah, I think, I don't think he ever openly discussed it. I no. only other time I think was when he was first picked up. Remember when he, yeah. With the, with the military. Yep. Yeah. That was the only time. Yeah. But I'm, you know, general public that he's with. Yeah. I think that was the first time he brought it up. Yeah. He'd never. Yeah. I'm in, it was still raw and he was still feeling the after mm -hmm. effects the first time. But this, yeah, you're right. This is the first time. And I think it helped him as much as it helped Leanne, I think, to discuss it. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's kind of the point where they really start considering Thad an uncle, I think. To me, anyway, that's how it felt. Yeah, I would agree with that. This one was short and to the point, but uh, great story. I could do without the cussing, though. <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess, you know. I, I, I'm sure the, the one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie is too much for him, too. So I just... yeah. We'll leave it there. I we discussed it. Yeah, How do you? We, th then we need to tell that person not to read zombie rules. Oh yeah, I actually I think I'd enjoy to see the reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> this was a good one. Um, actually, yes, yeah, best one so far. Lots of foraging. It, well, okay, the first part was great. Best one so far. Lots of foraging, and peacefully resolving differences. I, I mean. So, okay, I guess you could call it peaceful in comparison to some of the other things that have happened in the book, but I don't think I would call this completely peaceful, maybe more peaceful, but <laughs> no, no. I mean, this one, book two is pretty dark. Yes, yes, very. Book four is not as dark, but it's definitely one of the darker books. Well, I mean, you have the stuff going on with Niagata. Yep, the stuff that the Jess st had still dealing with. Right, and then you you have a little bit what happens to Fr Fred and little bit. Right, and I mean it's it, it's not lightening up anytime soon. And here's the thing: reading through, there was a significant portion of the reviews that said that book four was much duller than book three. And I don't know how that, remember, my yeah. biggest complaint of book three was, and not a complaint, but it, it was just slow. It was, yeah. there was no, it book was three just, and book four could have been together easily. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
But book four, a lot of people said his writing style improved between books one and book four. But a lot of people said book four was dull. And I thought, man, I thought book four was engrossing. There was so much going on. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit going on. Five, six, and seven really pick up if I remember. Yes. They um, yeah. But I you know four four is pretty good. Three is you could do without three, just roll half of three into four and call it a day. Most of three was designed just so that we could have the cliffhanger at the end where the guys discover that Jess is in the camp. That was really, and that's okay. I, and I didn't hate it. I enjoyed seeing some of it, but it could have been pared down and added to the front of book four for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have spent a lot less time developing the camp because I, but, but at the same time, we get some characters like Niagata and Singer, whom we hate very much, and they right. have time for them to breathe between the two books. So I don't know. It, mm-hmm. But yes, three was definitely the slowest of the books so far, I thought. Yeah. Yep. And this one was really good. I like this. It was a real page turner. Liked everything about it. Highly recommend. Now, here are the 11 more words that you require that are required in order to make this a real review. <laughs> because they had they must have a word uh, count for how many minimum. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's funny. They, they get shortened to the point, right? Yep. And Hunter says, looking back, I don't disagree with the start stop of the books it's yeah it's not yeah. It, it was what it was but i definitely Absolutely. like i said yeah i mean it's there's they're still they're both good in their own way but they definitely could have been condensed for sure yeah no i agree and it yeah but it they weren't they're not like you said they're not bad books i enjoyed them i had right. no problem with them and yeah they were and they're entertaining Overall, they passed the time and you learn a lot from it. And I'm just going to scroll back through here, make sure we covered everything that we were chatting about. But yeah, I normally this is the point where I ask the people who haven't read the books before to predict what was coming next. <laughs> we don't have anybody here that hasn't read all the books before. That's okay. Well, then why don't we out there type it in the comments? We want to hear it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or if anybody else is in the comments and hasn't yep. read yet. But I um. Because this, so another thing, some of the reviews I read were from way back in 2014 when the book first came out. And a lot of people at that time were under the understanding that book four was the last book. Because in a sense, it does, it does come to a natural conclusion. Mm -hmm. And one, one of the few, one of the only things in the whole series that didn't sit, oh, here's Rachel, didn't sit perfectly well with me is how they handle the camp going into book five, but we won't talk about that per se. There's Rachel. Are you at the bar, Rachel? I am totally out the bar. Nice. <laughs> so have you read book five yet? Nope. I was actually re-listening to book four today to get myself ready for today. Um, I wanted to circle back to where you were talking about Somebody said that they finally handled the racism issue. Yes, And I think that that the only thing that I can see with that is it was the first time they handled it in a matter that was violent. Mm. Other than that, Tab had actually talked about it before, and it was something that was discussed. 
but this is the first violent issue of it. And if some people consider that the only way it can be handled, well, then you've got issues. Yeah, I suppose. Um, you know, all I can say is the person, the person's avatar was not a person of color that was commenting. And that unfortunately seems to be the way that it goes. Right? So I don't know. But what are your predictions going forward, Rachel? Because this is, like I said, it's a total wide well, open area. I'm guessing at some point, Larry is going to stop being catatonic, and that's where we're going to find out more of why she is so. I'm trying to figure out the right way to describe her. I know we've already had the, the discussion of the mental issues involved, but there has to be something more than that. Some previous trauma, some reason why she is so willing. Your audio, um, I don't know what happened, Rachel, but it's all coming through really high pitched and we can barely hear you. I'm sorry. Try again. Go slower. I don't know where you're at with your phone. Oh, did we lose her? I, th I think no, I'm still here. I'm still oh, on the You're you're perfect now. Your your audio went all wonky. Sorry about that. Try again. Go ahead. Uh, I was talking about how I believe they have some kind of. Uh, we know that she has some sort of psychological trauma, something that's going on there. But there had to be something preceding it, something that. And I'm like holding my phone all freaking weird because I'm sitting at a bar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, there's there's got to be something that preceded this entire situation where she's okay with while well, they're shooting children and they're killing people and they're torturing people, but they feed us and they take care of us and it's so much worse outside. And then they burn down a bus full of people and shoot more children and you know all this going on and they're being worked to death and they're. Oh, I think we lost her, poor girl. She was doing I, there, there. Oh, there we go. But yeah, it's I, Mary, I don't know. I, it's good, Mary. Yeah, Mary does have some issues. And I she Mary's looking and, and they deal with this later on, but Mary's definitely looking for someone to take care of her. Because she must I it would be interesting to find out because we don't really ever really find out a lot about her backstory, do we, Nate? No. no, no, I didn't think so. But, um, any other predictions, Rachel? I kind of want to see Bess and Jeff get together. I think that'd be kind of cool. That would be. I don't. I don't know if it's going to happen, but um, yeah. Aside from that, it, it looks like they're trying to build up a new community with actually worthy people instead of the people who were there. Like the Karens and the assholes and the, well, I'm just going to sit here and watch the world go to shit. Somebody needs to find my next meal. It's not wrong there. That's definitely where they're, uh, they're definitely trying to build a bigger community. You can tell coming out of this even, right? But the, the issues they deal with, uh, 
they're very intense, but they come out of left field. You don't necessarily – it wasn't something I saw coming, at least not the first time that they had to fight the next issue they have to fight. So it's fun. We won't ruin it for you, though, I promise. Well, man, this, this hour – Yeah, I still got the other one to read, so – I, again? Oh, no, that's okay. Yeah, Hunter said quit spoiling it. I didn't spoil it. I didn't go any further. But that's all right. <laughs> well, what do you think, Nate? You want to, should we wrap it up? We went an hour and 15 and we flew through this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we can do that. Great. I'm just going to hang on here. There we go. But yeah, it, um, so how can people find you, Nate? Uh, you can find Aaron and I at twochickshomestead.com. We do a weekly podcast, and uh, this week we got an interview coming out with uh, a guy from Life at Terminal Velocity on YouTube. Hmm. Uh, we talk about uh, skydiving and a little bit of homesteading. So, Is that the guy that goes up and you guys have made contact? Oh, yep. wait. So did you reach out to him? Yep. I caught him on the repeater coming into town, and he stopped by for dinner. So we did it at the table. Proud of you, man. That way to go. That's exactly what you do. Reach out and grab people like that. Good for you, man. Yep. Yep. So he's over here on a Saturday. It's a two hour and five minute interview. And I think we talk for about four hours. Wow. So Hunter wants to know why we need to find Nate. Well, he's right in front of us, but (laughs) so yeah. uh, And if you're not following two chicks homestead podcast, you really should because and we, uh, Got some comfrey for sale, uh, comfrey uh, salve. Nice. And uh, some rabbit feet, if anybody wants some rabbit feet. Well, that's lucky, except for the rabbit. Well, they only have one bad day. Yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. The, rap- the How do they hop around without feet? They, they grow right back, into, right? They hop right into the freezer. Oh, I thought they were like starfish and they grew back. <laughs> or lobsters. Oh, dear. Oh, boy. How about more rabbits, Hunter said. Yes, you are getting more rabbits, aren't you? Yep. Yeah, we are. We get, we're getting at least one more, um, possibly th- four more. We'll see. Nice. I um, what do I got coming up? Hunter says his buck needs a lady. I um, <laughs> I just got all this. I I made comfrey salve as well last week, and uh, I, I let Erin go first, and she was the guinea pig, and then I made sure I followed suit after her once she told me what she did and how it worked out so they yeah, it worked out pretty good yeah i enjoy i yeah i should have got smaller jars <laughs> i have pint jars so i got you know they're but whatever yeah it is what it is well, this is uh this one's my personal stash oh nice that was so a leftovers a, yeah a little tiny bit that i got down here in the basement is that a small jar or does your yeah. hands make it yep. look small okay it's uh what do i got around here that's cool uh, here just uh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a mini. I've never seen those. And it obviously is a smaller lid, too, not a standard lid. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, I don't know. Baby yeah, it's like jar? a baby food yeah. jar. That's cool. I I just ordered a bunch of yeast nutrient and a couple of different strains of yeast. And I am getting ready to um, try my hand at some mead. So I'm quite excited about that. Ooh. And Rachel just sent a message to let us know. She goes, this isn't my first choice in bars, but the other was unaccessible because they closed the town for a fireman carnival. So, <laughs> Uh-oh. Rachel. Yeah. But if you guys want to find Rachel, you can find her in the workshop uh, telegram group and the workshop book club. But 
yeah, it's I, it's fun. I enjoy getting these projects done, and I'm not going to get anything done for the next three weeks. But after that, all hell breaks loose, right? So, yep, yep. My, uh, we're getting to our busy season, and I hope it picks up. So, that's good. That's what do you do? You're either busy or you're sitting around doing nothing, twiddling your thumbs, right? Yep, yep. And Hunter says he's finishing up painting stripper clips. I don't want to know where you clip the clips onto strippers, but Hunter's painting them. So, oh, printing them. Oh, printing, printing. Yes. Oh boy. I think the Jack Daniels worked too well tonight. So that's good. But yeah, I, this was great, man. This is, this one went faster than any of them and they're always enjoyable. So oh, yeah. we got book, book five coming up. I don't know. I can't remember the name of the title at the moment, but we will, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Looks like we're going to be a week late again next month because i won't be back from self-reliance until a few days after the first saturday so we'll, we'll shoot for the second saturday and i love having it on saturday evenings but if there's a time that a lot of people can come on or different people maybe we can move it around but i kind of like having it this seven o'clock mountain time because everybody knows when it is right yep yep but cool all right nate thanks bud and uh yeah guys as always stay happy stay healthy and have a great week